Seba, the Southern Fried Witch. And today we are going to continue discussing getting back into the body. I didn't feel like I said everything I wanted to say. I kept on thinking about, I reckon, other stuff that night that I'd wanted to bring up. And so I decided to come back in. And here we are. I'm also using a new piece of equipment today, and y'all know that we are real with each other and authentic because I don't know any other way to be. So this is the best venue for me to ask you, do I sound better or worse? Do I sound more muffled? Y'all let me know. Y'all write in and let me know. We're supposed to upgrade the experience. We will find out, won't we, honeys? And before we get going too much, I want to go ahead and give y'all an update We are expecting what I thought was going to be about 33 degrees, and it's looking like 31. So we are going to freeze this, I guess, this evening, early in the morning. And what we've done in the past is we have covered all of our fruit trees. We have gone through extraordinary measures to save the fruit, and this time we're not going to do it. I know. It's not that I don't love them. It's that I want to see what will happen. (laughs) I'm a curious farmer. Other farmers, other people I know who have um, orchards or fruit trees are telling me, yes, you're going to lose some fruit, but you're not going to lose everything. So, you know, in a lot of ways, maybe it will go ahead and kind of cull anything that wasn't developing right we're just gonna find out and I'm very freaked out by it so (laughs) I hope y'all know me by now when I'm watching scary movies I go hide behind the couch or behind a door somewhere and I'm kind of doing the same thing with this thing I'm making a decision to be brave it's only going to be for a couple of hours and I'm you know hiding behind the proverbial couch And all of our onions and garlic and, you know, Asian greens and tatsoi and bok choy, all of that will be fine. No worries there at all. But I am concerned. It's the first year that my red Anjou, I think you say Anjou, but I'm not French and I'm probably butchering it. But it's the first time she's made babies. I mean, I think she made two last year and they both fell off. But this year she's covered And so, fingers crossed, and we hope we are going to have something survive all this, and there's nothing we can do about it. Climate change is real, y'all. I mean, even the old-timers down here, and you know how they vote, even they will, you know, if you're off on the edge of a pasture somewhere, standing in line at the feed and see, they will tell you, yeah, it's not the same as it used to be. Some of us have lived a long damn time and do remember what um, winter, springs, and falls were like in the 70s. Some of us maybe even the 60s. But we have what we have, and I'm glad the earth is alive. That's kind of the most important thing. 
But moving on, if I was just telling my partner, if we're going to get a freeze like this right now, we, you know, we may not be having to worry about it too much in April. And that's wonderful. We were nearly 80 degrees about a week and a half ago. So let's sink back into the body, y'all. Let's talk about it. I had other thoughts, other things I wanted to discuss with y'all today. You know, it occurred to me laying in bed after I did that podcast that I've always found, personally, I've always found the aging body to be beautiful. You know, I've Grew up idolizing my grandma, and for a very damn fine reason, she was a saint on this earth, and when she wasn't, she was my favorite, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) That's what she used to say about me. But I just, I love old people. They don't frighten me at all, and I always am searching for that child within them, because I know it's in there, because I know it's in me. And by the time they get to a certain I guess, um, aesthetic look about them where people are assuming a lot about who they are and thinking that they're not worth much anymore. I know a secret. I know it's in there, you know? So I don't recoil ever, which makes it really weird that I'm recoiling at my own body. And I want to be honest about this as I go through this process with y'all. With me, as a witch, I don't want to, I don't want to pretty it up and I don't want to hide it. There could be somebody else out there going, you know, this shit is hard. <laughs> and uh, laying awake, you know, two, three in the morning, thinking, what, where did the time go? And having a, a bit of a crisis about it, because it's difficult. I don't think anybody prepares us for this shit. And I think that if our ancestors, you know, while living attempted to prepare us I don't think we could hear them (laughs) it's like some sort of magical veil where it's like yeah 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 you know sometimes I wonder do we not all have Peter Pan syndrome of course instead of uh, thinking I'm different than everyone I often wonder that if I'm the same as everyone and have these memories of my body working in a certain way and You know, that little place between sleep and waking up in that magical space. I'm, you know, good 20 something years younger. I always am. And then, you know, I stretch my legs or go to sling them over the side of the bed and something creaks or pops. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) What? I want a refund (laughs) because it's uh, it doesn't match, you know. And it is a huge misconception when you are thinking about um, an older person and when you are trying to understand where they're coming from. It is a huge misconception to try to match their soul and their heart and their emotions to their body because we're stuck in here, (laughs) you know. And there are not a lot of ways we can go down in this situation. We can either do the brave thing And celebrate, celebrate that body as it ages and um, grows closer to the earth, honey. And I've seen people do this. You know, one of my favorite actresses in the entire world is Jamie Lee Curtis. I have this propensity to love the underdog (laughs) and love them way before they make it big or uh, make it bigger. 
And I've loved her forever. Absolutely loved her forever. I did a podcast about her last year, sort of. Um, the last girl, the final girl. And she's just rocking that aging body. And there are no damn apologies. And there's so much joy coming out of her face. And honestly, if you met me and we were sitting on my front porch and we were having some sweet tea and laughing and talking, you'd probably think the same about me. And so that makes me wonder, does she struggle sometimes? Because we all do. So what to do about it? Well, I'm not a therapist. I've told y'all that before. Do not ever at me if I don't give you the right advice because I've told you to be very wary of it. (laughs) I'm an aging old 80s gal who just so happens to be a witch. And uh, I'm not sure of anything. But I'm all about sharing. And one of the things I'm doing... Let me hold up before I get into anything in particular because there is something that I'm doing now that I didn't do before and that I've never been granted the experience of. And that is that I am sharing everything with my fellow folk who are of my age because this happens to every gender. It happens to every sexuality. It happens to every political party. It happens to Every human on the planet that we are going to age, honey. And so let me slow down and let me give a disclaimer and maybe even a trigger warning before I go any further and talk about some of the little methodologies I'm utilizing right now to help transition. I'm going to talk about menopause. Now, I know that not every human goes through menopause, So this might not be for some human bodies. This conversation may not be. However, if you have loved someone who just so happens to have ovaries, this might be for you. I also want to invite any trans witch out there with a different experience, with a different voice that would like to share their story, especially as it concerns getting back in the body when that can be complicated. And I don't know that experience. So I'm only speaking from my bodily experience. But I would be more than honored if you wanted your voice included. So this is an invitation to anyone out there who would like to include their voice. I recognize and did recognize the entire time I did this particular episode that there were gaps here that I couldn't possibly understand some of the the struggles of getting back into a body in which there might be dysmorphia or discomfort, and I do not want to erase those voices. So write to me if you want those included, and I will most assuredly include those in my next episode. So I hope that what comes which is um, only from my witch body experience, is somehow relevant and somehow helpful to other witches out there, or honestly, anyone out there. Y'all ready? Let's talk about something that folks do not fucking talk about. What is wrong with my, I don't know, the women in my family? Why was I not warned? (laughs) Or even coached or guided? See, the thing I didn't know, and y'all are probably so much more aware than I am. Good for you. And I I really do mean good for you. 
um, but I wasn't aware. And so in my mid-40s, as I slid into, I think they called it perimenopause, and I didn't know that was what was happening to me. A doctor had to tell me that, and I was shocked um, because I felt so young and I felt so good. And I was like, what? One of the first things that happened to me is my cycles got really close together. So told y'all, warned y'all, we're, we're going to talk about this. And I had this wonderful doctor. She was just fantastic. She was deaf and kind and caring and, I don't know, for lack of a better way to put it, woke. And she sat me down and she explained to me some things that I had never heard or read. That one of the things this betraying-ass body of mine was trying to do, <laughs> it was trying to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. My cycles were shoving closer together. This is what she said, so don't at me if I'm wrong. But she said they, they come quicker and quicker, and the reason is because you're going to stop. So these are the last opportunities of your flesh to create another human being. Okay, that's a roller coaster ride I thought I'd never have to take. And what came with that were extremes in my hormones. Um... You know, I have an exceptionally heavy dash (laughs) of male hormones in my body. Just a nice, generous splash of that. And so these dips and rises in my estrogen levels were augmented by a lot of flares of that. So it was was a lot of fun, y'all. I felt crazy. I felt um, angry. All the time. I felt sad. I felt extraordinarily physical. I mean, during this time, I would break a wine glass against a wall with no problem, no holds barred. It just, um, I was riding a wave and it was one hell of a ride. During that time, during that very time, and not because of it, so don't let anybody pull that patriarchal card on you. During that time, I lost my job, my career, um, got disowned by my family. <laughs> you get the idea. I had just lost a surprise baby the year before. Um, don't really feel like getting into that. Didn't think I could have children anymore. It was quite the surprise, but so there were, a, there were a lot of losses that hit during this time. And, you know, the world, the universe does not give a hot, happy damn if you were going through something like this. And uh, there's no breaks from, you know, major losses. So it was one of the loneliest, most chaotic, truly fucked up times of my life. It was also, strangely, one of the most magical. I've told y'all. Getting back in that body, it'll sling you into the magical world like nothing, honey. Magic is a tactile experience. We just forget that it is. And so my last cycle was May of 2016. I was going through something specifically horrifying at that time that I will not talk about ever on this podcast because it involves another human being. And I remember grieving it. You know, I don't know how I knew it was the last one. I don't know how I knew. Maybe because I hadn't had one for like three months. And then suddenly there it was. I had just turned 50. 
50 years old, like roughly a month and a half after that birthday. And, you know, as some kind of great karmic jokester would play on a person like me, I was wearing a beautiful, long, white, 1980-something rendition of a dress. I was wearing that. And that dress is forever stained (laughs) with a farewell of one of uh, my body's processes. I've got it hidden somewhere in a closet because I just couldn't bear to throw it away. I do think about finding it again and burning it. But not like out of anger or remorse, but more out of release, because that time is indeed over. But I did know, I did know, I was so in touch with my body as a witch. I was so, I mean, you know, I was thrown into it through this uh, lunatic ride. And so I was very aware of everything, every chill bump, every change in my uh, chest, everything. I was so aware And I just knew it was the last time. We very rarely get last time notification. (laughs) You ever thought about that? The last time we're ever going to lay with someone or hold them. The last time we ever change a diaper. (laughs) The last time anything, really. It's very rare that we do know that. But I did know it. I did. And so I lay there in that dress, that beautiful white dress. I laid there in that, in the moonlight, stain and all, and let myself feel the last time my body would shed blood just that way, you know. Let myself feel the cramps and the, I don't know, the very urgency that the body goes through when it's doing something like that. I let myself feel it because I knew it was the last time. And that, that children was when I was 50. I'm about to turn 57 on April 4th this year. I'm having a little bit of trouble with that. It's like I could lie to myself at 51, 2, 3, 4, even 56. I said, well, you know, I still almost have half a decade. But it's this, um, I mean, not to be too precious about this, but it is the landslide that's bringing me down right now. And, uh. I don't know, 60, looming, that one, that one hits, <laughs> you know, it hits, 50 didn't hit, I don't know what the hell went on there, I was like, I still look good, I feel good, whatever, 50 didn't hit, 40 hit, I thought I was gonna die, but 60 is really hitting, and um, I keep hearing my grandma in my ear, Y'all, I really hope you don't mind me being so real with y'all today. I I don't even know if I'll publish this, but I keep hearing her in my ear. I grieved as she got older. I grieved, and and I grieved for a good reason. I grieved because I knew I was going to lose her. My mother, my best friend, that's who she was to me. My mentor, my everything. God, the love I had for her Mm. that I still have. Well, it washes over me so deep sometimes I can't hardly breathe. But moving on, she would sit there and tell me if I got upset about her getting old. I mean, I thought she was beautiful, but I just knew what was coming. And she would say, I don't like the alternative. (laughs) Don't like the alternative. She was different than me. She was an Aquarius. So 
She had different ways of thinking about things. I'm an Aries. Can you imagine the two of us together? (laughs) So similar and so different, at least about the way we felt and approached things. It was uh, night and day. What I do remember the most about those conversations is trying to hold her, magically hold her in a moment in front of me and stop her aging. (laughs) Not because it wasn't beautiful, but because I knew what it would lead to and what I wish I had known, what I wish some days I would relearn, even though I know it, is that that's beautiful too. The, The growing very old and being able to pass into a different space, if you will, is also beautiful. It's also beautiful, or at least it can be. It's not always. And y'all know what? I think we love trees more than we love aging human beings. Oh, yeah. We'll put our hand on a hundred-year-old tree and, oh, my gosh, all the life it's seen. You know, look at this scar here. Look at the knottedness over here. We love them. Why don't we love a weathered hand that same way? I mean, as a society, I'm not talking about you individually. But while we might even look at a face, let's say Helen Marin, one of my big, oh my gosh, crushes. Oh, God, love me some Helen Marin. We can see that face and we can see those wrinkles and we can see that age occurring. And some of us, like myself, can lean back and say, damn, you badass bitch, you are, mm, you are glorious in that skin. And then look in the mirror and want to crawl into a hole because we see a wrinkle or a sagging neck or a sunspot. And what the hell are we doing to ourselves? Let me clear some things up. I think it's really important to hear my voice right now if you are younger than me. Probably not if you're my age or above. But if you are younger than me, I think you need to listen to me. So, deep breath. Relax your shoulders. I'm going to tell you something. The only way to get through this thing is to celebrate that body. I know. I know. It's all messed up, isn't it? And I mean, even if you, you know... Get Botox. That's fine. Get Botox. Have a have a party, baby. It's temporary anyway, right? Have a party. Even if you dye your hair, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But there is power here. And I think I've only tapped like the surface of it, like scratch that top there. There's so much magic here. Like an old oak baby. And I'm just on my way. I <laughs> I just got started. One of the things I do, so let's try it. One of the things I do to accept things, I've got very long fingers. And, um, you know, when I look at my hands, I still see the hands I saw when I was 12. But (laughs) there's some scars and I have arthritis. So my knuckles have gotten a little bit bigger. Uh, My veins are showing up a lot more. I still see that shape and it makes me know they're mine, you know, they're mine, my hands. But during this process, one of the things I've done is I've taken myself to water. I've told you about the shower, haven't I? 
or, you know, conversely, a bathtub, which I am still waiting on my partner to help me create here in this old country house. I miss them so much. But in our coven, there is a thing I do, and it's called being taken to water. I learned a long, long time ago from my mentor how to bless water. So there's that. But I think we could probably still do it either way. And uh, we get that water from our well. And I think it's important to try to get water that's either free flowing or, oh God, at the very least filtered. You don't want chlorine in it, fluoride, whatever. Do they still put fluoride in? I don't know. So you just don't want a bunch of chemicals in it. You want it to be as uh, close to the source as possible. Get a nice big bowl. And I put my hands in it. And I think when other people think about blessing something, they think about themselves being the power. I do not do that. I think about my great mother. I think about the trees. I think about my ancestors. And I try to tap into this beating red heart of all of that love and all of that wonder and all of that magic. And when I finally really feel it, it's right in front of me. I just sort of open up, you know, just open up and let all of it rush through and down my hands and into the water. And that's how I bless. There may be a few things I say. There may be, you know, kind of a little extra little ditties. But altogether, that is what I'm doing. And then I take my hands out of it. And I pull myself back into my body. And that's a really important skill that you need to learn how to do. And I feel myself as the witch body I am. I think about my body when I do it too. You know, I've got long toes. (laughs) I've got, um, most people think I have brown eyes. They're not, they're uh, really dark green with flecks of brown in them. And so I think about my eyes. Um, I think about my scars. I pull into this house that I've lived in for almost 57 years. And I try to center and then I ground. Stay with me. So I'm back in my body. Otherwise, how can I feel the ground? (laughs) How can I ground? How can I be part of anything? And how could I then not be able to take myself to water? Uh Uh-huh. So now I'm back in, you know, and I take take my students to water and I uh, guide them through that experience. But when I'm really broken and I need to connect back to, you know, me, This is my process. And then I lift my hands with a big breath over my head. And then exhale as I let my hands go into that water. And I imagine, which is important to imagine, that I'm now about to receive. No longer, you know, this conduit I am receiving. And when I pull my hands back out of that beautiful water... I I cannot even explain to you what this feels like. No matter what water feels like on this farm, any other day of the week, that water, when you pull your hands out of that, after it's been blessed and you do this ritual, they're like velvet. They're so soft and you tingle all over. It's amazing. 
And so I hold my hands up and I look at them. But I don't just look at them. I accept them. You know, the scars, the bumps, all of it. And I turn them over and I accept them. And I let that, that magical blessing rush up my arms and through my blood and all over me. Usually I'll get chill bumps, you know, just through this magical process. And that is one of the deepest connectivity methodologies I have. And now I've exposed myself and (laughs) I don't usually tell people about it. So there you go. Maybe that will help someone. And outside of magic, you know, um, something I kind of described to you, I did leave out the wording because that is private. Make up your own. Um, And the wording I use is translated from Gaelic and was given to me and I'm not going to. Y'all go get your own Um, and make up your own. It does end up being magical if you do that. The other things I've been doing of late are things I wish I had done when I was 30. So if you're 30, pay attention. I remember standing in a classroom, God, 25 years ago. And uh, I had all my mascara, you know, and my little witchy eyeliner. And someone, a male who was in a fraternity, had something to say about my makeup. And I was his teacher. <laughs> uh, they, they said something about, wow, that's a lot of eye makeup to me in front of a classroom. And what I wish I had said is something to the effect of, and how does that bother you? Let's talk about that. <laughs> you know? So one of the things I've done is accept No, 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 except's not the right word. Celebrated who I am in this body. The tattoos I have, the fact that I like my hair really super short on me, um, that my nose is pierced, that, you know, I'm always going to have lipstick on, baby. And if people don't like that, they can suck. No, wait, watch myself. They can back the hell off because I am my own self. I am my own witch. This is how I express myself and how I've always done so. And that's part of body acceptance. You know, if I feel more comfortable wearing lipstick, I'm not going to listen to another witch who says to me, and I have heard this, oh, if you were a real pagan, you wouldn't do that. (laughs) Think this thought with me, which is, We all get to experience our bodies the way we want to. This goes for trans people, people who identify non-binary, people who identify cis. It doesn't matter. People who haven't thought it through. We get to define ourselves, wear our skin, grow our hair, and love whatever and whoever we want. Throwing off all that damn expectation off of me. And and also, I stopped defending myself. Y'all have never heard me talk about this, have you? I stopped defending myself. I just, I didn't want to go through it anymore. I didn't want to explain that I felt more comfortable wearing lipstick. It is my warrior paint and how I greet the world. 
I didn't want to express the reasons I sheared my hair off because there was trauma involved and I was comfortable and it occurred to me, I don't have to explain it. And I started to love my head, (laughs) run my fingers through this, like, what is it, one inch, two, and just, just glory in it, you know? I stopped hiding my toes. They're long. Believe me. Oh my God, you would die. They're long. They're monkey toes. (laughs) And they're mine. Damn it, they're mine. And they have held me up. And uh, man, I used to be able when I was young, y'all, I could walk across a uh, stick across a creek with no problem. (laughs) Hang on to it, you know, the whole way. Stopped hiding them. Wearing sandals. What's up? You don't like them? Don't look. That kind of body acceptance means automatically that I have to stop responding to any form of criticism or, um, oh, and let me just stop right here. You know, it still gets in. It's, it's not like I'm some kind of God, right? Like, come on, it gets in and it hits and it hurts sometimes, but I've learned to fight it. I've learned to say, yeah, I entertain that for five minutes. Um, I'm going to tell a story I've never told and God, I hope she's not listening. I really hope she's not listening. I'm going to tell y'all a story, okay? I had this friend. I know I love her. I do love her and I respect her and I hope we're still friends today. I don't know, (laughs) Um, especially after this story. But she had been my student um, at that university I taught at. So I've known her for, God, several decades. Anyway, we reconnected after years, but we'd always been Facebook friends and it was just you know, the historicity of us, you know, it was kind of neat, you know, she grew and had kids and married a wonderful man. And she is a wonderful and giving human being helped to get a lot of things going around here, uh, like, like our gay pride parade and worked on the committee, just a wonderful human being. But she kept, there were situations in which my feelings kept getting hurt and it had to do with a body. I'm not going to talk about her body because I think it's an absolute glory wonderland. It's just wonderful. And she has wonderful body acceptance for herself. But let's see. Okay, let's get specific here. So in 16, I was going through that horrible thing I will never discuss ever And it was really bad. I think it was the closest I ever came to not being around anymore. So I was going through a thing. And I'd lost just too much. Way too much. And I was very significantly alone in my life. The trauma was thick. And I went to a drag show. Because I don't know if y'all know or not. But you go to a drag show, you cannot help but feel better. And so that was my medicine all that year was going to those drag shows. And she was there and I saw her and we were standing in that kind of fluorescent light right in front of the performer. And the light is fairly harsh. And she looked at me and said, oh, my God, honey, you need to take better care of your skin. Oh, Jesus. Um... 
it shocked me. And uh, she said, yeah, you let me tell you about, I forget what she said, but it was some kind of expensive lotion or something. At the time, I had no money at all, was barely able to eat. And uh, I think I left it off like I used to when I was maybe 16 or 17 with something else, you know, just that instant defense mechanism of, oh, yeah, you're right, I should do that. And then slinked to my car and drove home crying and, um, I don't know, found myself in a bottle of whiskey by 2 a.m. here at the house out here by myself. It was horrible and it hurt and I couldn't afford (laughs) uh, to be going to a beautician to care for my skin at the time. The second time this happened, I think it was like 2018. Now, y'all, I'm short, very short. I think I was five foot two most of my life. I'm not sure that you could count all that anymore. I think I have shrunk. And the reason that would happen is my back. I have arthritis in my back. I'm not as tall as I used to be. (laughs) I'm sorry, that's only funny to me. So I walked in. I was with my partner. It was a good night. I walked into this... um, well, it was a nice, it was a nice establishment. It was like a bar plus a dessert bar. And y'all, they had like, you know, live music and it was a beautiful place to be. And, and it was wintertime and I was feeling myself, feeling good and happy, happy in my skin and walked in and she was standing there and she turned around and she was with several of the drag queens out of um, costume who I adore. And she said... Oh my God, do you just keep shrinking? Old age will do that to you. And I don't remember what I said. That one I cannot recall. I know it hit. I know the arrow was in me for a while. And I know that was fucked up, you know. The third time. Yes, I know. I know. Well, let me keep going. We got to finish the story, honey. So the third time, I was sitting outside of my favorite restaurant. And this was, I believe, 2019. It may have been, or it may have been a year or two later, right after I got my vaccine and felt brave for a minute, you know. (laughs) We all did that, right? But I was sitting outside with my partner again. The sun was setting. It was a beautiful night. Again, happy And she was there and she came out and I was like, oh my gosh, hey, because I have this horrible propensity to let people just keep doing this to me. And because I, you know, care for her and we'll get to it. Anyway, she sat down and uh, I think it only took her two, three minutes before she said, oh God, honey, did you get like sunburn today on your nose? Oh, no, you just didn't blend in your blush. You you need to work on that. Let me give you a mirror. Well, she had given me a mirror. And what I saw in it was a clown, an aging, foolish, old woman. You see, what had happened was I had, uh, I'm losing my eyesight. I mean, actually, literally, <laughs> Losing my eyesight, I had scarlet fever twice as a child, and it's going, and it's going quick. And I 
I guess I hadn't blended my makeup perfectly on my nose. However, I was already out in public. Y'all know the rules, right? If they ask you how do I look before you leave the house, you can answer honestly. If you are already out, come on witches, you know the answer, right? I waited a few months before I talked to her again. And then one night, and you know, I want to say y'all that I'm always hoping that I'm going to uncover something more precious and more sweet in a human being. So I will go that extra mile. And if I do go that extra mile to work something out with someone, it's because I want to keep you. If I don't, and just stop speaking to you, it's because I don't (laughs) want to keep you. So I called her. Mm -hmm. And I highly advise doing this because it is the ultimate litmus test. You are going to know now how that person really feels. Or you're going to call them out on their shit and they're going to stop calling you. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know, hey, leaving the name out. And they were really happy to hear from me. I honestly do not think this human being knew that they were hurting me. That's them to work on. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. I said, I've been hurt. Um, and I wanted to speak with you about it. When I'm around you, you criticize my appearance. And uh, it's, it's not going well for me. It's injuring our friendship. And I don't know if you knew that you were hurting me. And they were horribly taken aback, and they did apologize. And I think I've heard from them once or twice in the last three years. And I'll tell you what I think about that in just one minute. There was another friend of mine, and this one was my best friend. She was my best friend for eight, working on nine years when she betrayed me horribly. That's no matter. A few years before the end of our friendship, I had taken this person on a vacation And, um, woke up one morning and walked outside and didn't put my makeup on. Um, you know, you're at the beach and you're just relaxing and with your family. And I didn't put on my warrior against the world, uh, mask. I did not. I walked out, cup of coffee. It may have been a damn mimosa. I don't know. And, um, one of those and either one's great. And I was just so happy. You know, we had these live oaks out there and they were leaning in. It was over on Jekyll Island. We could see the ocean from where that door was. It was just so, oh, yum. And I was just taking it in and feeling my oats. And oh my gosh, I was like 47, something like that at the time. Almost 10 years ago. (laughs) And she looked at me and went, oh my God. I was like, what? You know, I thought, oh, shit, what? Did something fall? What happened? You know, do I have coffee on my nose? What What the hell is it? And she was like, you're right. You do look so much older without makeup. Holy shit. So now I'll tell you what I do about it. I speak with these people. I speak with these women. Because it's not men that are doing it to me most of the time, honey. It's women. Mm-hmm. I speak to them and I tell them, you know, I don't really know what it is about me that makes you feel <laughs> that you can speak to me in such a way, but it's hurtful. I see the wrinkles 
you know, I know I'm getting shorter. I know I'm creeping up. I know I'm aging. What I would rather you say to me is, I'm so happy to see you today. Or, I love looking in your eyes. Or, you know, can I not just be beautiful um, for all my faults? So what I do, well, past the obvious, which is to eliminate (laughs) these people from my life. Because damn, I got enough voices in my head without having you be one of them. And you you get the idea. Women can be horrible to each other. What I do... Well, it's a little exercise and it sounds crazy, but you know, I'm a little crazy. So let's go. I pick something like the wrinkles around my eyes. We'll pick those. There's so many things, right? If we want to focus on something, we could focus on all kinds of shit, but I'll just pick those. And then almost ritualistically, I will light a candle and I will sit and I will imagine my young face, you know, five, six seven. And I'll imagine when the first crinkle maybe came in. What was it? 25? 26? And I will think about it like a timeline. And along that timeline, I will see the babies. And I will see the laughing. I'll see the crying. I'll see all the living that came along with that. And I'll keep riding this timeline in my head. Through my 40s, when I earned a doctoral degree. Through my late 40s, when I lost everything through my early 50s, you know, when I started, well, I started being more serious about my witchcraft, meaning I worked harder on my coven. I uh, started this podcast. (laughs) I really dug in to my writing. And I see those wrinkles get deeper on this timeline. I've just got those wrinkles right there. As I rock down this timeline, and they get deeper and deeper with every experience and I trace them with my fingers I'm doing it now I trace them and I feel all those years of experience I feel all of the loss I feel all of the love I feel all of the fucking joy and um, the different places where sun hit my face And what I must have been feeling those days. And I allow all of it. Because here's the thing. If those lines could have supported that much grief. And that much laughter. And that much stress. (laughs) A lot of stress. They can support the rest of it. They can support today. And I love them. And I have to love them. Because it is antithetical to being a magical human being and hating the thing you can trace by your eye. That doesn't make any fucking sense, does it? Today I was watching my grandbaby and she was playing peekaboo with me. You know, she's just a little over two, two and a half. One of the times when I popped open from behind my hands, she stopped and she grabbed my hands, both of them, with both of her little tiny, adorable, unwrinkled hands. And went, wow. And then one of her fingers just traced across my skin on my face. Wow, grandkitty. I love you. And in that moment, I don't give a hot rat's ass 
about the fact that I've aged. I don't give a damn about the fact that I'm not as, um, like, I, I suppose, aesthetically pleasing as I was when I was 25. I don't give a shit anymore, honey. I am beautiful in that moment. That kind of body acceptance is what I want to incorporate into my daily life, you know, when she's not here. So when I walk with my feet, with my long toes, I look down and I say, wow, grandkitty, I love you. Mm-hmm. I can't feel magic if I'm not in this skin. And if I'm constantly battling it, if I'm constantly telling it it's not good enough, if I'm constantly struggling against it, I cannot situate myself as a witch the way I want to. Because this is the skin. This is the skin that has felt a hummingbird land upon it. This is the skin that has felt my babies. This is the skin that has, you know, that smell of chlorine when you were a little kid. You'd come out of the pool and then the sun would warm it up. And it's a really fucked up <laughs> analogy. But you know what I mean? The smell of chlorine against your skin on a hot summer day. This was it. I lived in this house. This is my house. And somewhere, somewhere around 3 a.m. when I struggle with the creaks and the cracks and the little carvings along this house's walls, <laughs> I find myself loving it. For it is all I've ever known. And it's the only way I can feel, and I mean feel, magic. Chill bumps. Tears. The heat. The cold. The pain. All of it. The most important job I'm doing this year is healing that fracture between my body and my heart. Coming back together right now over me. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll do the shout outs for Patreon next week. I am hopeful that you will continue to find me over there. We have a wonderful time. We have a Facebook group and that's where all the extra content is. I used to put my playlist up. I have a Spotify playlist for a lot of the episodes and I used to put them up here, but I'm not going to do it anymore. They're only over on Patreon and they are the songs that inspired me while I was going through a thing. And so they'll be over there. Love y'all like chicken. Talk to you next week and wish us well. Hope we don't lose all those peaches. <laughs> Blessed be y'all. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.